Haphazard piles of weeds, the leftovers from Prudence's attempt at morning chores, dotted the periphery of the wooden planters. The Brussels sprouts, potatoes, and kale had ripened, and Sims spent the last two days harvesting them under Kai's careful instruction. Prue had been helping for the past few days, too, since she'd stopped going out after the hospital incident and had more free time than she knew what to do with. Is Prudence back yet? Kai asked when Sim creaked open the door and stepped into the battling scents of the drying house, lavender, purslane, rosemary, tamarind, and so many others that she still didn't know the names of. I haven't seen her. She's been gone for over an hour now. I knew I should have just gone to the market myself. If only there weren't so many freaking stalks to tie up. Kai yanked on the ends of a piece of twine, binding a bunch of lavender together. She threw it on top of a pile and glanced over at Sim. Just leave that mint there. I need you to hang these for me. You're taller. Sure thing. Just a second, though. I need to charge them first. Kai squatted down by the pile and held her hands just above it without quite touching the stalks. Hello, someone called from the backyard. Is there anyone back here? Kai's eyes snapped open. Sim had never heard the voice before. It was a girl's with a strange accent that she couldn't quite catch. Did you invite anyone over? Kai asked. No, of course not. Strangers never came to Kailash. There was too much they could see, too much that they all had to hide. Kai jumped to her feet, but Sim was already rushing toward the drying house door. She slipped around one of the herb spirals and halted. A girl wearing an ivory dress and shiny white pumps was standing next to the back steps, her hand resting on the saddle of a black track bike. Her eyes were wide and nervous, giving her an almost childlike look, but she had to be in her early 20s. She was tall, with perfect posture, and silky brown hair that was long for a Mondrian woman. "'I think you have the wrong house,' Sim said. Kai peeked out from behind a spiral and jerked her head back. Sim gave her a look and hoped that she wouldn't act weird. "'Wait,' Sim said, cutting the girl off, just as she was about to speak again. "'Where did you get that bike?' "'That's why I'm here,' her voice shook. "'I've come to return it. It's Prudence here.' How do you know Prudence? Kai stepped out and stood next to Sim. I met her a few nights ago. I said I'd bring it back for her, but I wasn't able to get away until now. Remedy night? Sim asked. The girl nodded. I tried to get her to stay with me, but it was all I could do to convince her that she was too messed up to bike home. In the kitchen, Prudence clunked groceries onto the table and went to the door. I'm never going back to that market again, she called out to the yard. There's so many idiots there just standing in the way. She pushed the screen open and let it hang in her hand. She stepped outside and stared down at the Mondrian, letting the screen door slam shut behind her. That's my bike, she said, glaring at the girl. In two steps, Prue was on the walkway and snatching the handlebars. The girl took a step back. Prue lifted the frame and leaned it against the house on the other side of the steps. Prudence, the girl said, you don't, don't you remember me? Still turned toward the house, Prue glanced back at her with a deep frown. It was three nights ago, the girl continued. I'm Audrey. You fell off your bike after you came over the bridge when you were going through the Mondrian Quarter. We sat together for about twenty minutes, and then you were going to ride off again, but I convinced you to leave your bike with me. I tried to tell you to stay, but you just, you wouldn't. Prue ran a hand through her hair and looked away. I don't remember any of that. You were pretty drunk. Prue searched for something to say. You kept my bike for me? I told you I'd bring it back. 
I meant to come sooner, but I had to help my family with their bakery. You don't remember anything at all? Nope. Prue sniffed, crossed her arms over her chest, and turned to Audrey. She studied her face. I don't remember you, but thanks. You're welcome. Audrey opened her mouth and closed it as if there was something else she wanted to say but then thought better of it. She sighed, shook her head, and stared off. A thoughtful frown crept across her face. Is that Rosemary? she asked, looking over Sim's shoulder. Oh, yeah, Sim said, glancing at the herbs next to her. We grow it on these spirals. Kai snorted. We? Seeming to forget the awkwardness of the bike situation, Audrey went to the spiral and ran her fingers over the leaves, brought one of the stalks up to her nose, and inhaled its scent. She looked at the three of them. Can I buy some from you? Buy some, Kai echoed. For our bakery. It's really hard to find good herbs in the city, especially rosemary. We don't sell, Kai started. You can have as much as you want, Prue interrupted, and glared at Kai when she began to protest. Really? The girl blinked with disbelief at Prue's sudden kindness. I owe you, Prue said with a shrug. Just let us know what you need. Okay. Audrey smiled, and then brought the corners of her lips back down. Well, I can't take it now. I'll have to come back for it. Sure, that's fine. Audrey nodded and went to the side of the house to leave. She turned and glanced back at Prue. Well, I'll see you later this week, then. Okay, Prue said. Audrey smiled once more and disappeared toward the street. A moment later, Sim exchanged a glance with Kai and then Prue. Well, that was weird, she said. She looked back at Kai. Come on, we have work to do. But, come on, Kai. We have to do it now or I'm not helping. Sim went back toward the drying house and pulled Kai along with her, worried that she'd start asking questions that would throw Prue into the sour mood that possessed her whenever she dwelled on the night that had ended in the emergency room. Fine, Kai said. She yelled back to Prue. You could at least put away those groceries, though. Prue didn't acknowledge that she had heard her. A deep sigh coursed down her spine. Sim let go of Kai's arm and took a step toward the house. I'll be right back, Sim said. Fine, whatever. Kai waved her away. When Sim got into the kitchen, Prue was opening the cabinets and emptying the market bags with sloppy movements that betrayed the emotionless expression on her face. Want to go to the Geraldine later? Sim asked, thinking it might make Prudence feel better. Prue dropped a bunch of carrots into the refrigerator, closed it, and looked up at Sim. I think I need to stop drinking for a while. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't even remember leaving the girl I left the bar with. Prue said, focusing on the bear's milk and butter she slipped into the fridge. For all I know, I could have made a fool of myself, and I... I was trying to stop hooking up with random girls. I told you that, remember? It's also fucking self-destructive. I feel like shit all the time. So no more Geraldine, then? <laughs> Not a chance. Prue threw the empty canvas bags under the sink and slammed the cabinet door. I'm sick of that place, anyway. I'm not going there anymore. I have more important things to focus on. Kater and I are going to the battle house tonight. You should come. Once a week there just isn't enough for you to improve. Okay, yeah, I'll come. Sim pushed away the blip of inexplicable dread that pulsed in her chest whenever she thought about the battle house and hurried upstairs to get changed into the one questing outfit she owned. An arrow whipped through the air, seeming to defy gravity for a breath before it plunged into a red bullseye next to three other shafts. Four out of six so far. Sim reached behind her left shoulder to pull another arrow from the quiver strapped to her back. She notched it onto her bowstring and cleared her mind. 
Her left arm was straight and strong. Her right pulled back on the string and bent the bow into a deep curve. Sim inhaled slowly as she eyed her mark and released the arrow with her breath. The arrow sailed forward and sunk into the canvas target two inches outside of the bullseye. Four out of seven. If she made the next one, she'd be in the clear. Five out of ten wasn't so bad. Sim pulled out another arrow and tried to breathe away her nervousness. Hey, Sim! Cater's voice called from across the battlehouse. He jogged toward her in his brown leather armor, a long sword strapped across his back. He must have just come from the orb room. Even though she'd been coming to the battlehouse for a few months now, Sim still wasn't allowed to go near the battle simulations. What's up? she asked when Cater got close and glanced down the line of archers to make sure that Master Videria was still occupied with a sword stir who kept missing his target entirely and sinking arrows into the wall. Cater eyed Sim's target with a grin. Looks like someone's improving. Yeah, I guess. Kaisenhart and Prue are about to duel, he said. You're going to want to see it, trust me. I have to finish. Videria won't care. Cater waved a hand at her. He grabbed Sim's bow and took it over to the wall. Prue's one of the best swordsters in the house, Cater said. You can learn a lot from watching her fight someone with experience. Sim dropped the rest of her arrows into a bin and hung her quiver next to it. Kaisenhart will probably win, though, Cater added. Half of the questers in the house were crowded around the center ring. Cater pushed through, heading to the front. Sim kept her eyes fixed on the ground and hurried behind him. She stopped behind the front line of people and stepped on her tiptoes to get a better look. Prue stood in one corner of the ring, examining the edge of her blade with a slight frown. She seemed not to notice the excitement building around her, or the smug grin on Master Kaisenhart's face. She swung her sword in long arcs, loosening the muscles in her right arm, tossed the blade to her left hand, and then did the same again. Not once did she look at the other questers. Her attention was focused completely now on Kaisenhart, her features solid and stoic. She looked neither afraid nor confident, neither bored nor excited. "'Let's get this started,' Master Troop said in his gravelly voice. He stood at the ring center and looked from one dueler to the other. Prue and Kaisenhart stepped toward each other, holding their blades out and stopping when the points touched. Both pulled their weapons back and stood in an attack stance. Troop stepped backward a few paces and stopped in front of Cater and Sim. Sim craned her neck to the left to look past his height. Okay, on the count of three, Troop said. Prue's breathing was calm and even. One. Kaisenhart's grin deepened. Two. The slightest frown line appeared between Prue's brows, either in determination or due to a past grievance. Three. Kaisenhart's blade flashed like a fish in the shallow part of a stream. But Prue was ready for him. As soon as Kaisenhart moved, she shifted into a defense stance and blocked a swipe. They were lunging at each other with fluid grace, quickly exchanging blocks and attacks and then stepping away, heaving slightly, circling each other to see who would make the next move. Prue jumped forward as if to swipe at Kaisenhart's head, but ducked down at the last moment and kicked at his feet. The entire weight of his body clunked to the ground. The questers were silent. Prue could have ended it right there. She could have put her blade to his throat and won the match, but she stepped back and waited for him to stand. Humiliated, Kaisenhart grew angry. His jaw was set and his eyes flashing. He went at Prue with his brute strength. She was fast, nimble, more like a dancer than a fighter. She blocked some attacks and deferred others with her own jabs, but Prue couldn't match Kaisenhart's muscles. 
Every time one of his blows landed on her sword, Prue would stumble a little from the impact. She was getting tired. Kaisenhart seemed to just be getting started. And then it was over, so quickly that Sim wasn't even sure how it had happened. Prue went to block an attack, her sword slipped, and then Kaisenhart had his arm wrapped under her shoulders, holding her back to his chest and resting the length of his blade against her neck. Master Troop raised his sword, signaling the end of the match. Prue wrenched his arm off her and spun to face him. She shook his hand as they were supposed to do at the end of every match. Kaisenhart towered over her, standing close and staring down at her. Prue refused to step away. His knuckles were white around Prue's fingers, but she didn't show any sign of being in pain. Show off like that again, and I'll have you doing drills for a month, Kaisenhart said tightly, right there in front of everyone. I wasn't showing off. Don't mouth back at me. He pressed his finger into the center of Prue's chest, right where her ribs met. She slapped his hand away. It was a fair fight. This is my house. It's fair if I say it's fair. Sim frowned over at Cater, but Cater didn't notice her. His attention was fixed on the center ring, a scowl curling his lips. Prue looked like she might continue arguing, but instead she stepped back and tried to pull her hand away. Kaisenhart held it tightly for a moment longer, causing Prue to stumble back when he released her. Fine, Prue muttered under her breath. She threw her sword into the case next to the ring and shook her hand to get the blood flowing into it again. Laps for the attitude, Kaisenhart snapped around the entire house, fifty of them, or you won't set foot in here again. You've got to be kidding. It'll be double that if you don't shut your mouth and start moving. Prue's nostrils flared, but she didn't say another word. She went to the running track and started to jog. The questers were filing back to their station, some working at swords, others at the target range, others following master troop to work on their axe handling. You, Kaisenhart growled. Sim looked over at him in surprise. He was looking directly at her. Yes, you. Come here. He pointed to the ground next to him, a slight snarl on his face. Sim took two steps forward and stopped, leaving a good four feet between them. You're working on swords today, Kaisenhart said. You've done enough archery. You can't just waltz in here and do whatever you want. It was true that Sim had been trying to avoid Kaisenhart's drills whenever she came to the battle house, but she'd been convinced that he hadn't noticed. Sim nodded and headed toward the armor. Stop shuffling your feet like an invalid, Kaisenhart yelled at her back. Hustle, girl. I swear I have a house full of idiots here. Sim hurried to find armor and took down the same flimsy sword that Kaisenhart had chosen for her on her first day at the house. As soon as she joined the line, he ripped the weapon from her hand and flung it at the wall. The metal clattered on the ground. Not that one, he said. He shoved a heavier blade into her hand. I'm sick of these shortcuts everyone's been taking. It has to stop. Now into your battle stances. Drill one. Start. An hour later, when they were leaving the battle house, Prudence was smoldering. Cater was quiet and thoughtful. Usually when they walked back to Kailash from the house, Prudence and Cater would recount what had happened in the orb room and argue over which questers would be the next to get coveted assignments. Can barely lift my arms, Sim groaned in an attempt to break the silence. You did better this time, though, Cater offered. Sim laughed, right. I can't believe he's picking on you because he's pissed at me, Prue said. You'll never learn sword handling with him screaming at you like that. It is kind of humiliating, Sim admitted. Don't take it personally, Cater said. Kaisenhart's just like that. He's a great teacher if you're one of his favorites. He'll take you under his wing and teach you everything he knows. But if he has a reason not to like you, then you have to deal with all of his bullshit. 
It's a power thing, Prue explained. He has to be in control. He's just picking on you because he knows I could have beaten him in the ring today. So why didn't you? Sim asked. Prue snorted. Everything would be so much worse if I won. Look at how pissed he was just because I came close. He should want you to beat him. No, Cater answered. The only thing Kaisenhart cares about is having a reputation as one of the best battlehouse masters. Patrons will go to him with what they want done and pay him to put together a team of the best questers. The point is for him to train fighters who will get him paying quests. He told me I have to keep doing sword practice, Sim moaned. But I'm so bad at it, I don't understand why I can't just do archery. Sim shuffled her feet, weighed down by the knowledge of her lack of ability. She couldn't even be mad at Kaisenhart for yelling at her throughout the drills. She wasn't good with sores. She didn't belong in a battlehouse. She deserved his anger. I'll help you, Prue said. We'll just go a little earlier. There's more to it than drills. You have to get into the ring to get better. Prudence used to be one of Kaisenhart's favorites, Cater said with a raised eyebrow. One of the only girls he actually ever noticed. But I guess now she's gotten to be too good. Bullshit, Prue grumbled. He knows I can pack up and go to any other house in this city. I only stay because he has such great connections. He'll never kick any of us out. He seems like an oaf, but he's not that dumb. Anyway, don't worry about it, Sim. You'll get better at swords. You just have to keep at it. Two girls roamed the incubator, checking out the gadgets. Sim could tell they weren't going to buy anything, so she let them be. A quester with a shiny compass watch eyed Azur's compressor sheaths and slid his sword into each of them. Sim let him be, too. Azur was out on an errand, and Cater had just come into the shop so they could stand around and talk without getting yelled at for being idle. "'So what's up with Prudence?' Cater asked. He leaned back against the counter. "'She's been acting kind of weird lately.' "'The hospital thing really shook her, I guess.' "'She's been through way worse than that, though,' he said in a thoughtful mumble. "'Don't know what else it could be,' Sim said. The door jangled open. Sim remembered the guy who strode in, wearing tight black jeans and a striped t-shirt. He was a musician who had brought in a guitar for Sim to repair. His hair stuck out at odd, sharp angles. The only gadget he wore was a silver ring on his index finger. It allowed him to write invisible notes in the air and then magically replicate them onto parchment whenever he wanted. At first, Sim couldn't decide whether she should admire him or scorn him whether he was legitimately being himself or if he wore the ring just as a pose. But he was nice, and in the end, that was all that mattered. He walked up to the counter with long strides and his back held straight. Confidence hovered around him like a bright aura. Flushed with an admiring jealousy, Sim wondered how he had gotten to this point where he seemed to accept exactly who he was. Awesome, he said with a little bend of his knees when Sim grabbed his guitar from a stand next to the counter and laid it down in front of her. He slid off his sunglasses and danced his fingers over the strings. May I? he asked, glancing up at her. Of course. He switched on the guitar, threw the strap over his head, and started to play a quick riff. The shop filled with an impressive slur of magically amplified notes. The quester and the two girls stopped what they were doing and looked over at him. The guy was good, practiced, as comfortable with his instrument as he was with himself. Before Sim had fixed it, the sound charm on the guitar had been all torn apart and it refused to play in more than a whisper. Now a glowing blue light pulsed beneath the guitar's strings, where the magic dust turned the strings' vibrations into amplified sound waves. Excellent, he said, silencing the gadget. 
I intensified the charm so that it should be able to play louder now, Sim said. But don't push it this time. That's what tore the old charm. You were playing too loud. She wasn't positive that this was the case, but her goggles had shown the amplifying center to be all torn up, and so she assumed that had to be it. Can't get too loud, he said with a laugh. All right, though. I get it. I'll take it easy. Twenty souls, Sim said when he asked about the price. Seriously, that's it? I only have magic dust to pay you. It didn't take me that long. Dust is fine. It's all the same. Sim put an empty 20-gram jar onto the counter. Hell, he hunched over to measure the reddish sand he poured into the shop's jar. Well, I'll tell you what. You like punk rock? Sure, Sim said, even though she wasn't exactly sure what it was. I'm playing a show tonight. That's why I told you that there was such a rush on the guitar. It's awesome that you fixed it so quick, so here's the address. He wrote it in the air with his finger and then swiped down his hand at the used repair tag that Sim slid toward him. Two street names and a warehouse number appeared on the paper in dark ink. And you can bring whoever you want. You're obviously invited too, man, he said to Cater. The more the merrier. Cool, Cater said. Maybe we'll see you later then. Yeah, see you, Sim said, raising her hand. The guy smiled at her, pushed on his sunglasses, and strode his heavy boots out of the shop. Sim looked over at Cater once he was gone. That guy is one of the best guitarists in the Narrows, Cater said, watching him leave. Oh, is he? Do you think we can convince Prudence to come with us? Cater made a face. No way is this not-going-out thing gonna last. It's not the Geraldine, Sim agreed. The quester headed toward the counter with the sheath he'd finally chosen. I gotta run and pick up some things, Cater said. He slapped his hand onto the counter. But I'll be back later. We can head to the show together. Yeah, I think Prue will definitely come. Prudence was waiting for them outside when they got off work. She was sitting on the ground with her back leaned against the apartment building across the street. The crumbling brick wall behind her highlighted the arch of Prue's neck and the frown weighing at the corners of her mouth. Aviators hid her eyes, but she seemed to be gazing down at the sidewalk, lost in thought. Hey, Cater said, stopping just in front of her. She looked up at him. I figured we could all ride home together, she said, to explain why she was there. There's this warehouse show on the way back, Cater said, sort of toward the west. We should go. It's in the west? Prue asked, deepening her frown. Hardly anyone went west toward the gray streets and looming factories where Sim had first met Lilith. Guess things are moving over there, Cater said. The music will be great. Yeah, sure, Prue said, pulling herself to her feet. Should we get some beer on the way? Sim asked, even though she knew that Prue was trying not to drink. It made her uncomfortable, the idea of a Prudence who didn't drink or go out at night. It just wasn't her. Definitely, Prue said to Sim's relief. I know a place on the way where we can get it for really cheap, Cater said. No cyanide, Prue made a face. I'm sick of always drinking that stuff. She glanced at Sim. Not that it's bad, I just can't stand to drink the same thing all the time. We can get whatever. Cater glanced at his watch, but it's still early. So let's hang at the Blue Carnation for a bit, then, Prue said. She was standing now, swinging her leg over her bike, itching to move. Blue Carnation it is. Cater grinned and glanced at Sim as if to say, I told you so. He swung his skateboard onto the street, ran to it, and leapt onto the board to add extra force. By the time either Prue or Sim had even stepped on a pedal, he was already halfway down the block.